So today, yes, you might have heard some of these words, but I just want to mention a bit about Bridge Family right at the onset. We've got a beautiful lady in our church called Liz Morley, and recently, very recently, she picked up her MBE. Let's have a look at the screens. And this is a contribution for her serving in, in the community, in Bolton and the surrounding areas. A very own uh, Bridge Baby Basics. Now, I want that medal. Look at that. That is a Bobby Dazzler. Ably supported there by her husband, Andy. Bobby Dazzler, Windsor Castle. Let's give another round of applause for that. My title today is A Million Miles Away, and that image there leads me on to what I'm going to share with us. You know, when Liz approached me some probably eight years ago, and she said, where do I start? She shared this testament story herself. And I said, start with the one. Well, many hundreds of ladies since then have been helped and blessed as they've had their newborn babies, bringing life into this world, but not a lot of substance around those families to bring that child up. And Liz, through Baby Basics, has grown that area to a place now where this is some of the team there and Hayley on the right there who oversees the team now, Liz stepping down recently. But it's the one person at a time mentality. So as I share what I share, I say well done, good and faithful to Liz. I say good and well done to all the team that served. That's just a small snippet of one area of church life. I'll share others as we go on. So it encapsulates our vision statement, which says this. A light on the hill transforming our communities, what one person at a time. Those seven years ago, or eight years ago, it was a thought of you need courage to step out sometimes, don't you? But we can cope with the one person at a time. Everything that I reiterate during my uh, ministry this morning will be talking about the person, the one person at a time that you interact with. It echoes everything that Jesus stands for, our role model. And it took from this scripture. You are a light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The value statement that's on our walls, everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect and anything's possible. It's on our prayer cards and our praise cards. It's on our livery, in our, on our newsletters, on, it's on our, it's on everything actually, on everything. If we can put it on, we'll put it on. Now that can just look like a catchy statement, a nice thing to say. But unless it echoes through everything that we do, it's just that, it's a corporate statement. A value statement has got to echo us as local church. It's how we live. 11 years ago, I took the church on to lead the church from my mate, my mentor in all ways, Ian Watson. Let's give Ian a round of applause. I say mentor because as I got alongside Ian and supported him as he cast a vision 20, for 22 years before I took the lead, actually I was just continuing to the work that Ian 
are already established. My terminology might have changed slightly, but I wanted to reflect the depth of what God is doing here at the Bridge Church that we call home. In 2025, we'll have been established 100 years. Hip, hip. Ian's not 100 years old. Clive might be. No, you're not, Clive, you're not. Oh, who said it all then? Whatever location we call home, whether that's Horwich or here in Bolton, we've got to adopt a unity. It's not us, it's we. It's ours. We own it. When Bridge becomes our spiritual home, there's a pride that comes with home. It's a place that we put our bags down. There's a transaction that takes place, a responsibility for us and a responsibility for you. And whether we are department heads here, whether it's me as leader, we have a responsibility to pastorally care, to disciple, to teach, to guide. The children's programs are just happening. But also you have a responsibility in the sense of how you serve. We heard from Hoggy recently and he says, are you a participator or are you a consumer? In other words, you just turn up on a Sunday and then you go home. And I want to challenge you that you have got a gift that you can share with others. Just consider it. Psalm 1.3. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water which yields fruit in its season and its leaves does not wither and whatever he does, he prospers. Home is an acknowledgement that when we put our bags down, we're actually relaxing. Well, you know what it's like, I know what it's like. If you've been away for a few days, perhaps on holiday, and you come back, you put your bags down, you take your shoes off at the door. Everyone's welcome, but it don't mean you bring your muddy feet in here, does it? Not looking at anyone. John, you're right front and centre here. I love it when our children leave home. And then we go to their new house and they say, take your shoes off. And you think, yeah, you never did that when you are at my house. Turn that light off. Yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, it's the truth. We take pride in our home. So you have been away for a few days. You come back and the first thing I'll say to Anna or she says to me, put kettle on. Let's have a brew. Got to be Yorkshire tea, aren't it? Or Lancashire. You know what, you know what I'm saying. You put your head on your pillow of an evening. Ah, home. Put your hand up if you take your pillow away with you. Bit sad that, Pete. <laughs> you really do, don't you? For those of us who own a home, have a mortgage or rent a home, you've got to pay your bills. You want it to look nice. And I'm acutely aware that as we take the offering, there's a lot of infrastructure and a lot of structure that we need to keep nice. And it's interesting, even the carpet that we walk in is getting a bit more, you know, because we're doing the conference, we're doing this, but that's a 10 grand bill. I and mean, you don't like thinking, oh, I'm giving the money to a carpet. But all I'm going to say is, is that things need upkeeping. And part of our tithes and offering go towards the upkeep, as well as the life of those who are helping in the community. It's just a thought. Still got to pay your mortgage pay your rent and upkeep our home develops over time we add bits and bats to it don't we conservatory or we have the roof done or we have this done no different in church life now do you want to hear a funny story about me yes you do have you ever heard the term if I get like that shoot me have you ever heard that term 
I say to Anna all the time, well, something's happened to me that I'm saying to myself, Cookie, what are you doing? My mother-in-law, Marion, Mazza, as I call her, bought me a live plant, outdoor plant. Now I'm, and Anna, we're not green fingers, we're not good at gardening, are we, Anna? So she bought us a live plant, a wisteria. Do you know what a wisteria is? It's a climbing plant. Anyway, I've started to care for this plant a bit too much. I brought some miracle grow for this plant and it's starting to grow. My family come round and I go, Luke, it was there, now it's there. And I said to Anna, what am I becoming? My, my children say, Dad, have you had a knock to the head? Because I, but I've started to care. And I know that's a, a humorous story. If it doesn't survive, I'm not getting another, don't worry. In fact, the artificial ones we've got, they've all got lime green now. We put some at the front and they look brilliant. The everyone's walking past and looking, but now they've gone lime green after a bit of sun. That's how it works. So we're starting to get more live plants. Pardon? Yeah, real. Well, real is live. It's a... Do you want to preach, Anna? <laughs> Planted in the house of the Lord, we will flourish. It is an example of growing and developing, getting the right nutrients. <laughs> I've talked too much about that. Uh, it's not that we transform ourselves a light on the hill transforming our community one person at a time of our own energy will have a certain amount of life to it it'll go a certain way but unless we allow God to lead us we do it in vain I find my life an absolute privilege an honor yes a responsibility but the one person at a time in vision is simple but it is really powerful as I keep saying that word to you and it's our vision statement. I want to tell you, that wasn't born just like, oh, that's a, another nice thing to do. It actually took us a leadership about a year, praying and waiting on God to bring the simplicity of the power of it, allowing God to lead us. You know, when we allow God to lead us, things can seem a bit longer. Things take a bit longer to come to fruition. A million miles away that... Aaron just shared, has anyone got any, a need of a miracle today? I'm sure there are, and it's all different for all of us. But when we seek God's direction, his eyes, it gives us courage to act only when God asks us to act. Faith in action is confident in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There's certain graces on the Bridge Church and has been ever since I've been part of it and long before it's often called an oasis. You can come here, you can just put your bags down and perhaps not stay here forever, but you're just getting yourself sorted on a spiritual sense and then moving on to wherever God is taking you. But our world is busy, is it not? Yesterday at the Congolese wedding, it was one of that bit manana, so it started a bit late and I think the bride and groom were going to be at half five at a reception in Manchester. They got there at half nine. Exactly. Things are different in different cultures. But we remind our church family this, that the one person at a time is the people you least expect to meet in your day. But they're the most important. It creates an opportunity for you. Whatever your line of work is, whether you're at school, college, self-employed, working for somewhere else, you could be a housewife or you could be retired, 
you will come into contact with that one person. As I started to lead the church, I asked a question of myself. What sort of leadership are we going to be? We can look at other church styles, can't we, where I say it, you do it. You tell me to push off if I said that. Or we can lead in a way that I feel we should lead, and that's to say, I'm going to lead with a heart for people. For the poor, for the business person, for the marginalised, for the rich, for the young and the old. And above all, God said, be relational, be available, and be vulnerable. I found that very hard in my own life because I'm very private. I don't want people to know my business, but yet life throws things at us that you just can't not share it. And after all, I am one person who needs prayer at times. I need people to stand with me at times. Vulnerability, especially in the English psyche, is a bit of a weakness. For us men, I'm saying to you, let your guard down. Let God come in and share what you're going through with others. I was talking to someone just this Thursday, and he's a, a gentleman who oversees uh, our veterans. It's called Richard. And he was telling me he'd been to the Reebok recently, and there was 30 young men there, all struggling with what has happened in their life in the, in the military. 30 young men who are considered taking their own lives. We're encouraged more so these days than any other. Share with someone what you're going through, that they may stand with you. We, be, we would be a leadership that are approachable. I do my best to model that. I don't always get it right, but I do my best to model it, to be available for others. Our vision statement, a light on the hill transforming our communities one person at a time, does encapsulate our ethos. But think about your everyday now. People said to me, Cookie, you meet so many people in there and everyone seems to know you. I'm no different than you. I just make myself available for others. I get to know them. Richard, who I talked about, he's now in his 80s and he wants to serve the community he served in the, I think it was the Navy, was it? REF. <coughs> he says, I'm not happy. I says, what are you not happy about? He says, your notice board is a bit messy. I need to sort it out. I says... Sort it, because he comes from that military background. But I love that. I love that he can talk openly and honestly to me. You know, when we look at uh, the day-to-day life of Jesus, Jesus was interrupted constantly. But he also spent time away from people to replenish. Vision never stops. The Bridge Church and the way that we work is a continuing act It's a vision that has a power to it. It's a vision that says it's not I, it's we. It's the vision that says that everyone is welcome and nobody's perfect. I don't know about you, but I'm passionate to leave my children and grandchildren a legacy. And that can be a personal thing, that can be material things, but it can also be how I live and how I walk and how I talk. I love the fact here at the Bridge Church we have an academy and an image will come up on the screens. And this is some of our first years on the academy. And there's five missing on that. What a wealth of gift we've got. Look at that. All with a bit of attitude, I see. All who leave the muddy shoes and walk around the kitchen with the muddy shoes on. 
What a blessing and what, how blessed are we. You know, when we talk about Horwich, just let me just mention Horwich Church. We have strong bonds with Horwich over many, many years. Six years ago, God spoke to me and said, let us consider taking it over as a location. I work with the leadership. There's only one or two left. And we agreed that we would take over Horwich Church. You know, let me tell you, in the last six years, it's been difficult for us here at Bolton because we've sent very, very good, gifted people to Horwich. For four years, we sent John Squires and he was missed Massively from us here at Bolton. In the last two years, Sue Stokes has gone and served there. But that's what we do. We send. We support. We stand in the gap. Horwich is thriving as a location. I know some people have who live on that side who were formerly coming here go to, Bol- uh, go to Horwich. And that's absolutely right and absolutely proper. But as we see an image now, I want you to say the one prevails. So... When we look at the life of Horwich, there's Anne. This is the stuff that's going on at Horwich. Just mirrors what we do at Bolton. Could have had a bit of music to that, couldn't we? I can sing in Congolese if you want. But it embodied us as the one person at the time. A brew, a chat, an availability... This is a Wednesday community programme as we would do ours on a Thursday. Similar things going on that we'll see in a minute. Vision never stopped. It's intrinsically the power and the culture to remain focused. And especially me who cast vision. I just love, don't miss out what you're seeing there. It's just people who are like your neighbours, your friends, your colleagues, who just need someone to sit with them and have a chit-chat. It's all about purpose and opportunity. As we go on to Bolton, the live centre seems like it's taking quite a while to build. But I want to tell you, everything that's given from yourselves and any monies we get in, we use it to take us to the next steps. So it's across the car park, if you don't know what it is, it's a facility for children, youth and families. We've got the auditorium done. The whole heart of this building and what's going to go inside is about the, finding the air in an individual When the world says you can't, that's a million miles away. God says you can. So as you see those images now, that's at the live centre. Our young people are over there now. We're actually now just built the mezzanine floor on the other side of the building. So that's the live centre, just like that, as that unfolds. And then you'll see some images of the mezzanine floor going in. Sometimes, because we don't see it, we don't think it's going on. But that is going on as we speak right now over the car park. So that's the, the floor going in, creating space. Those will be offices to the left and baby basics are actually up there. And downstairs, it's all about creating facilities for helping us with our young people, whether that's uh, pastorally caring for or sensory room or whatever that's going to be as the vision unfolds. But that's going on. We are going to give an opportunity in our near future to take you around as a bit of a look in and a bit of a, a chance to actually see it working. My desire and our desire is that the culture prevails. Ongoing, never ends. Our aim is to encourage you, equip you, and all those lives that we intercept. Future employment from our young people. We have desires and ambitions. Proverbs 31 verse 8. You know, in our world that's full of emails and texting... Social media is king. We know we say it and hear it all the time. 
The least important in our world, as I've said, is the most important to me. I want to ask you, what's your desk look like? I don't mean your physical desk, although you might work at a physical desk, but what's your desk look like? In other words, what do you hide behind? I want to tell you that I get away from my desk on a continual basis. I'll fire up to Horridge and have a look at the community stuff going up there. I will come into the community stuff here. I'll go and have a look at what baby basics are doing. I just do it because I want to remind myself and encourage those who serve us, whether it's the Bridge Tots, whether it's the community, Cap and Anna working with, with Lynn and Anne over in Horwich, just to say it matters, you're doing a fantastic job, keep it up. Kindness needs a genuine response. It's, it's got to be genuine, as we're just doing it for the sake of doing it. It is my tank filler, as John Andrews would say. I am overwhelmed with God every time I'm around those areas in our church life. We are one church, Romans 15.5. May the God who gives you endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind to each other. A light on a hill transforming our communities. What does your desk look like? What do you hide behind? What do you say, this is my job? Just consider it. Keep reaching for the stars. A million miles away. What is it that you want to see people flourishing in your world? You know, one of the things that we want to do is create safe spaces. I don't know whether you noticed today, but we had two new people helping us in our worship. We had, get me get this right, Stephanie on the keyboard and Anna singing. I think Anna was playing keyboard last week. But I love that, that new is happening before us. You know, we've got to keep reaching for the stars. Make space for individuals. Believe in them. Yes, create safe spaces. If I was to ask you as a youngster, what, would you, what was your million miles away? What did you want to become? I asked Helen and she said, I want to be a post lady because I like looking after money. Ross has got a bit of a problem there, hasn't he? I wanted to be a vet, actually. My mum at five-year-old says, it takes seven years to become a vet. So at five-year-old, I thought, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so go on, give me some instances of what you want to be. Anyone want to shout out? An engineer. Okay, anyone else? A nurse. Anyone else? Go on, John, it's on to be tongue. A drummer, right? But you know, you can think and you can say to yourself, I want to be this, I want to be that. And we have grand ideas, don't we, of what we a fireman, a doctor, a footballer, a rugby player, a prime minister, a nurse. How many of you fulfilled that one that you want to be as a young person? How many of you had really big ideas? Something that really was a million miles away. Just let me share about this one story, true story. And imagine this young boy, a Mexican boy, born in America. He's a migrant worker. His family pick fruits. And if you've seen any images of anyone who picks fruit, they have to travel further and further from home and they get very, very little money. But this young boy had a dream. And his dream was to become an astronaut. And that was a million miles away. Picture it, he's a, he's a picker of fruit. That's what he does in his day to day. He doesn't get to school a lot of the time because he's picking fruit. He doesn't speak any English till he's 12 years old. Only his primary school at the time, only his primary school saw something in him. 
Hernandez is working long hours. His mates, even as he starts to grow up, get involved in gangs and drugs. But Hernandez has got a dream. Everyone tells him it's a million miles away. Not speaking any English. Coming from the poor background that he's, that he's coming from. Only one person believed in that young boy. Hernandez drew a, uh, drew a picture, true story, a crane picture, a crayon. And it was a picture of a little boy holding a rocket with the moon in the background. You can imagine the picture. Anyway, because he's an intelligent young boy, he actually does work for NASA, but not as an astronaut. He goes to help screen and look at the equipment that it takes to, to get someone through breast cancer. He's a very intelligent young man. And then he starts to apply to NASA to become an astronaut. And I love this because the million miles away from him, it just does not happen that a young boy from that background can become an astronaut. And for 11 years, he filled in his application form. For 11 years, he was rejected. Now, you can imagine what's coming. But I'll tell you what he did in those 11 years. He learned to fly an aeroplane. He learned to deep sea dive. He learned the, the skills he needed to become what he was wanting to apply for. On the 12th time he applied, he handed it in personally. Hernandez was put on the program to become a NASA astronaut. That's the next picture is a picture of him. The 12 year old who couldn't speak any English. The five-year-old who was told to go and pick that fruit because we're from a poor family and this is all that you do. And what I love about this is as he was waking, they call incubation. In other words, before you get onto the rocket, you've got to be isolated behind a glass screen. And his primary school teacher came to that meeting before he got on the rocket and she put the picture that that boy drew as a five-year-old onto that glass. I believed in you. And you know, that's a picture of a seed that was planted. God does that in our own lives. You might have had a million miles away, but you've not continued to believe that that is possible. So you've settled for second best. Now that is an extreme story. But no matter how small your dream is, I want to believe the Bridge Church has got to be a place that you can dream dreams that we can get alongside you. And we don't say, no, that's not possible. We say all things are possible through Christ who will give you strength. You know, when Natalie mentioned recently about the story of, of Jarius, just let me remind us of this. You know, in that everyone's welcome and the way that Jesus interacted with people, the one person at a time. Jesus is our role model. I'm going to paraphrase it, but Jesus is available. Jesus is on a boat and a man called Jairus came to him and he said, my daughter is dying, can you come now, Jesus? Worse that effect. Jesus sets off with his disciples to see him. During the journey, he meets to see this young girl. Jesus heals a man with impure spirits. He casts the demons out into the pigs. 2,000 pigs throw themselves into the, into the, uh, the river. This is on, he's on his way. Later on the journey, there's a woman there who's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And she's desperate for healing and she puts her hand out and holds the cloak of Jesus. Jesus says words to the effect of, power has gone out of me. The disciples said, there's loads of people around, what are you talking about? Jesus says, there's power gone out of me. Jesus recognises the need of that lady 
and instantly she's healed after suffering for so long. Who touched me? As they get closer to Jairus' house, he's told, don't bother, she's already dead. Don't bother, she's already dead. Jesus says these words, don't be afraid, just believe. Do you know when those visions for our life fail and, f- and fall and you say, well, it's ended, it seems dead and gone. God says, that is not my word. Don't be afraid, just believe. And then this is what Jesus said. While all the commotion and wailing was going on, he says these words, the child is not dead, but asleep. He gets alongside the young girl, Talitha Kumuni, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up stood up and began to walk. Do you know that image there is the image of us on our day to day. Jesus says to us, we will do more than when actually I walk this earth because we have the power of God in us through the Holy Spirit. How many of us walk into that situation and say, oh, it's too late? Or how many would say, little girl, I say to you, get up. The power that we have in this world that we live, the power that we have in this one opportunity in life is available to us. That the nobody perfect, but anything's possible is in our grasp. You know, you'll know me well enough to say, I say these words a lot, shared from Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. As I share a story about a mate of mine, I want to talk about a million miles away that's not quite as grand as Hernandez, not quite as exciting, and it looked totally different. And it's about my mate, Barry Woodward. Some of you know Barry, he's here sharing his story. Once an Addict is his book, I'll mention it in a minute. I'm going to give that away. Does anyone want a book, actually? Yeah, that first stand, I like that, that's enthusiastic. Pass that on. See, that's it, that was good. Straight away, no messing. But picture this. I'm as a young man coming into church. I'd not been at church all my life. I didn't start going to church until 17 years of age. Runner, started running my own business after going to uni and doing all that. And what happened was I had a revelation of God. I accepted Christ into my life and I had everything that I've talked about, the one person time mentality. I saw a need. I wanted to serve into that need. I was youth leader in a place called Bethesda in Berry. So picture me, I'm that young man, I'm starting a business, starting a family, doing all that, getting to know God, but want to serve and serve God well. I'm driving past some high-rise flats in a place called Darn Hill in Haywood. And as I'm driving past about doing the, the business and the work, which was a ceramic business, I noticed these young lads playing football. And of an evening, once a week, I'll go over there and just play football with them to get to know them. It's the one person at a time mentality. I didn't do it because I was asked. I didn't do it because it was the right thing to do because what people would see, people didn't know I did it, but I did it because I loved people. See, I didn't need someone to tell me to do that, but this is the image I want you to see. As I'm playing football, who's whizzing off their head 
in the flats above at that exact time, as I've come to chat with Barry. So at the exact time, Barry's high on amphetamine, he's on heroin, he's not sleeping. His story is, he's whizzing off his head. As I'm playing football, his million miles away are a million miles away. He's been in that stupor for 15 years. That anything's possible in his life is not possible. And I'm there playing at the foot of those flats as he's whizzing off his head. His sobriety, his family would say, would never come. They thought they were going to get a call that he was going to, he's died or he's just in that stupor still. But yet God's epitaph, story for his life, had not finished and not started. A light on the hill transforming our communities one person at a time. You know those individuals that Barry bumped into it, you know the story, his physician or his psychiatrist was the person he met when he went into the, into the church that was in hospital grounds. His next door neighbour was someone who was at that same church. All people who invited him to church and showed him kindness. Do you know, just perhaps, just perhaps some of your actions, may, you may not see it, but might lead to that individual walking into these doors and then finding Christ. He cried out, to God if the band would like to come up he cried out to God in his stupor and God was just round the corner and Barry would say this he would or he was told he was going to live in that place and die in that place and everything about his life was looking like that would be yet he then goes to Bible college gets a distinction in theology, writes a book, Wants an Addict, that 100,000 copies are now distributed in our country, 54,000 which are in prisons. Barry goes into about 150 prisons a year and he speaks to many, many churches because a million miles away for some individuals seems a million miles away. When we had our fixed conference in this room a couple of weeks ago, 126 people made an expression of faith because their million miles away was just round the corner. And if you can't see God in that, you'll never see God in anything. Just think for a moment of those 126 families, whether they come to church or not, they're desperate, desperate to see a change in their sons and daughters' lives. I saw a guy, and I showed the image of the guy dancing the, the morning after in Sunday church, and he was dancing, break dancing at the front here. And Barry leant over to me and he said, you see that guy six months ago, he was in a stupor, he was in his days, he was in a place of nothing, and look at him now, he's dancing for God. Sometimes we look at the foolish things and, and observe and think and judge, whereas God says... Go on, my son, dance like David danced. The foolish things of earth are the things that God gets alongside and promotes. Bridge Church, we have to keep believing in each other. I'm going to say words here that you might have heard me say before, but to be kind to each other, to understand that all of us have lives going on outside of what we see as veneer, to look into each other's eyes when that opportunity comes and genuinely care. How are you? Not just a throwaway statement, but how are you? We need to suffer with each other. We need to be there for each other. And that's only as good as you're available. And I want to challenge us, how available are you to serve God and to serve each other? 
There are a million reasons why we can thank God. Every one of you here is going through different challenges in life. I want you to consider what I've shared, the one person at a time. I want it to be a mantra that you get hold of in your lives. I want you to always recognise that the, everyone's welcome is you. I want you to always recognise that nobody perfects you. And I want you to always know that anything's possible, the million miles away, God says, little girl, get up, you're healed. Whatever that means in your world. So we stand in belief, we stand together, we stand with something that God has given us. All the years that I lead here and I've led here, it is something that I cherish. It's an area that I want to stand in and do credit to. We need to serve with maturity. Some of us mature Christians need to get ourselves a check up from the neck up and say, am I really being mature in my faith? Am I really standing for God in all that I need to stand for? Am I truly thankful for all that God is doing in my life? A light on the hill transforming our community one person at a time. Amen. 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 I want you to stay seated as the band just sing this song into a so will I. And it's going to show images of our creation, of our creative God. It's going to show images of wars that are going on or past gone on. But we've got Israel and the challenge over there at this moment. We've got Afghan and the challenges going on there. We've got wars going on all over our world. And I want to say our God is a God of healing. Our God is a God of compassion. We need to be praying into these situations. We need to be aware of these situations. For any family that's affected in here today, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to go to the, into this song and just let it wash over us. God is a God who's a God of the new. God, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you, God, that you are a God of the new. That a million miles away is your story, God. A million miles away when you were hung on that cross was a million miles away that you would be resurrected a few days later. But it happened because you are a resurrection God. God, we stand in the gap for those families and individuals that we see on our screens that are homeless and bereft and innocent in these wars. I pray for the armed forces who are trying to do the best to bring peace in these situations. I just pray, God, help us to see with your eyes. Help us to truly be a light on the hill, transforming our communities one person at a time. Forgive us, God, for taking things for granted. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our friends. And thank you, God, for always, but always being available for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.